Hi, this is Eel O'Neill, and you're listening to the Three Count Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog. That's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. That's right. You should be calling me your Sherpa now because this is like 60-something episodes I've legit asked you to call me your Sherpa, and you need to. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me, but it's about who's entering the ring. And today, you see the man right there. He is from WWR+. Plus. He is from Beyond. He is from EWA, MCW, SWO, Fight Pro Wrestling Lab. He is the intellectual. He is the electric Eel O'Neal. Howdy, howdy. How's everybody doing? I'm happy to be on. Hell yeah, man! I'm hyped to have you on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to I'm excited to be on. Any t- chance I uh I get to talk with anybody who loves professional wrestling, it's like, you know. Yeah, that's what like. So that's why I love this show, right? Is because like you can be on a different podcast, right? In it, and I I say this very gingerly, right? You can be on different podcasts. You have different people who are like always like, hey, like, uh. You know, like I have, like let's be like busted open radio, right? They have like three legends that you can talk to, like yeah. you can listen to them talk. But most of the time, you're gonna get like fans who want to ask you questions about like what's your favorite match, what do you think about what's going on with this product, what's that product. And the cool thing about this show is that like because I've been in now just over two years, and I love going to other people who have been to different places sure. and just ask them for advice. And so, like, I think I have such a unique perspective on that, that I'm growing versus, like, and I don't mean any disrespect to Tommy Dreamer or Bubba, or Bubba, right, or even Mark Henry. Those guys are at the peak, yeah, right? Yeah, they, and they, I'm just working my way up. They've been there, done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's always nice to talk with somebody, with people who are, like, kind of in, kind of in it, as opposed to kind of have that top down. Also, things always things are always changing. One of the things that I, like, I take – when I take advice from like vets, one of the things that I've learned to do is to look at um, the the like the critique for performance, what they're trying to tell you about your performance, and then the critique versus like society when they were when they were wrestling. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of people will tell you not to do X, Y, and Z, but what they're saying is the reason why you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z is because those didn't work in, you know, 1995, or that didn't work in 1985, or that didn't work in 2005 when they were at their height. And they were told, they were warned against doing that. But like, there are a ton of talents who you'll see now who do like literally the opposite of what a lot of other wrestlers would be like oh, that is, that's the way to get over. That's the way to do it. And they're doing it successfully. And it's because like the wrestling landscape has changed. And that's not to say that like when you, when a vet tells you like, Hey, this is really, you know, this, this works, this doesn't, it's not like a, that, that's not to like poo poo them. Cause you should always listen to, you should always listen to vets and like take, take those critiques. But sometimes a lot of the stuff that they say to you is informed by, Hey, when I was growing up, this is the only stuff that worked. And now, you know, it's different. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. Cause like one of those things that I like learned and it, and you know, like I got into the game, like super, super old, but then sure. like, I'm like still growing within like the, the industry itself. It's just like, you hear all those advice, right? And I know, like, some people will say, like, uh, like one thing that got thrown to me was that characters aren't characters aren't a thing anymore. It's just that your it's 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 your personality that really is going to shine through. And I agree to that to some extent. But then I see someone like Dan Housen, or I see someone like Orange Cassidy, yeah. or you see someone like 
you know, Chad Gable, right? Like those guys, maybe they're extensions of themselves, but clearly like character work is always going to get over with fans because fans get invested in characters. We don't get invested in people. Otherwise, everybody from like the UFC would be a star. Yeah. And I get that MMA is different from like pro wrestling, but in the same aspect, like if you look at someone like Colby Covington, right? Like this dude is like very brash, seems very racist, right? And I put that out there gingerly, right? Because he just has like these crazy extreme point of views. But then if you talk to Colby Covington, like behind the scenes, he's very chill, very calm, right? But then he's out there in front of the camera, he's very extravagant. So to an extent, you still get those characters over. And I mean, everybody talks about Conor McGregor. Like Conor is like the guy. Yeah. But but, but also like the guys to like in, in MMA, the guys who you want to see are the guys who have these really really larger than life personalities like like they, like they're big you know what i mean like stoics don't really not not that stoics don't win fights because plenty you know there are plenty of boring guys who like you know who will come and crush you but like people don't, they get marketed less right and like, i mean like at the end of the day like as much as you know people want to you know like kayfabe you when people want to say you know or <clears throat> sorry people want to say like ufc's fake or, or sorry, uh, wrestling's fake and UFC's UFC's real. That's the difference. It's like no, no, no. All those guys, one, they're all getting we're all getting paid garbage. But two, we're, uh, they're they have to market fights, so they have to create personalities. They have to create market marketability too. I, you know, I, I think I think when people say characters aren't a thing anymore, I think what they're I think what they're saying is that um, you it used to be that you wouldn't want to see a professional re- like professional wrestlers should be people who you only saw during showtime if that makes sense like like if you yeah. were walking around and you saw macho man randy savage it'd be like golly like i have to like i'm seeing the macho man like at a you know at like uh, shopping for you know shopping for bread and toilet paper but like uh like they 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 wanted to feel larger than life, and then now I think people really task themselves, and and audiences task us with it with believability. If we right. have a few, they want it to be believable and based in something that's not just like, oh, he stole my best friend, or oh, he just wants my championship, or oh, like they want the from from wrestling, they're tasking us with creating essentially what like HBO TV shows do. You know what I mean? They want, they want characters who they can say, okay, so that one's good because of X and that one's bad because of Y. And it's kind of, I mean, like one of the, I think one of the faults of the business currently is that we have a really hard time with, with baby faces and heels and with who's a good guy, who's a villain and the reasons why we're booing folks. You know what I mean? A lot of people, especially like the Twitter crowd, they love to say that like, oh, that person's politics don't agree with mine. So I don't like them. Right. Or like, they, you know, people will, people who are supposed to be the good guy will just do straight up like villainous things to bad guys. And we're supposed to, we're supposed to cheer for them for doing that. And it's like, mm, I don't 100%, like, I don't 100% know that that works because we, we turn it, when we turn it around and we come back to it. And like, if the, like, you're doing something now, you're doing something cruel to the villain, right? And you're, you're a baby. And then we come around and the like the villain always has to get up at least some point, even if they're not going to win the feud, it has to look like they're going to win. Right. Uh, and so they knock you down. And one of the things that you'll see is that people will cheer them. Uh, people che- people now cheer heels before they'll they'll cheer baby faces. You know, I mean, you'll see you see it all the time. And then like 
crowds have to really, really work unless somebody's, you know, super over like your, your willows, your, you know, your, your, those type of baby faces, uh, you really, really have to see people work to get that baby face pop. You know what right. I mean? And it didn't used to be like that. It could just be, hey, mean smug guy comes out. He frowns at the crowd. Crowd immediately knows to boo. Good guy comes out, says, let's go or come on, baby. And everybody cheers. And now the, now we have a little bit more uh, intricate uh, storytelling to play, which which I like, which, you know, my like. I, I have both a sports and like a, a theatrical and acting background. So like to me, that that's that's perfect that's the stuff that's a, you know that's that's fantastic because if i can set up hey this is the reason why these people don't like each other why they're at odds this is the reason why people are like this this is the reason why people are like that this is the reason why people you know what i mean like reasons for things happening is my favorite as opposed to just saying oh yeah it's a hot match let's make it happen it's like no man i'm tired of dream matches at this point i don't want to see another dream match because no. we keep saying it and we keep wasting them we keep being like uh like big big cards keep being like oh yeah we're, we're giving you this dream match look at these two incredible people and there's no reason for them to wrestle so it kind of falls to the wayside you can watch a lot of great wrestling you can't watch a lot of great wrestling stories right i think it's like one of my favorite things though is like um and i'll put it out there with like back and i say back in the day with wwe right but like the austin rock matchups right they're yeah. always driven by storyline it yes. wasn't like they yes, weren't they were. wrestling for like no reason now they were like there would be times where they were like in a team like a tag team tra- match or some kind of asset but what is it really uh, you came uh, out of those one-on-ones uh right? austin's austin the first one was what austin's wife right they yeah ends being, it ends up being the rocks manager and then uh is it the rock has the championship at that point too and then yeah, I think that's how it worked. Yeah, out. and then it's like, it. oh hey, it's obviously, it, obviously he's taken, he's taken essentially everything from from Stone Cold, and Stone Cold's right. like, hey man, this isn't gonna stand. Like, dog don't hunt. Sorry, you can't go around galooting with my wife. You can't go around getting in my own business. You can't go around with my championship. And they fought, and they they felt like titans because right. they really were. They were these dynamic personalities, these dynamic storytellers. And I mean, even at that point, it's. You know, I don't think I don't think we have to, you know, I don't think it's throwing shade to say that, like, at that point, Austin was kind of at his last on his last leg as far as his like in-ring wrestling stylings go, went. Yeah. And The Rock, you know, the the it's not like The Rock was ever a five star worker. It's not like you were ever looking looking at The Rock to be like, oh, wow, he's going to get down and gritty with it, like Brett, like Bret Hart style. You know what I mean? Uh, and there are guys who there are guys who were there for that. You know what I mean? Your Bretts, your your Bretts, your Sean's, your uh, your Bretts, your Sean's, your Eddie's. Right. And they were dynamic storytellers too, but but still, like, um, who was I was riding with uh, with O'Shea uh, Edwards uh, to a show a while ago, and he just we watched the um, we watched the uh, the Hogan uh, the Hogan Rock match where they like stand in the ring for like you know for like they st- stood in the ring for like seven minutes and everybody just lost their absolute minds and that's kind of what you're looking for you know what i mean that's as a professional wrestler you want them to be so excited to see you fight that you have to fight less um and you can tell them more story with looks and glances than you can than you could ever do it with moves at least at least to me i love wrestling and this is from a person who like will watch a zach saber jr ma- match will watch a jonathan gresham match will watch you know tim thatcher will watch drew gulak we'll see all of those those really heavy hey these guys have great in-ring stylings they're fantastic on the ground they have these beautiful stories that they can tell watch those and go like man i i like i i love this i love that style but still i really do think that like at the end of the day um at the end of the day when people watch ufc they're there for knockouts you know what i right. mean 
Like how much, how much do they, how much do they boo when people aren't throwing hands or people are just grappling on the ground. Right. Um, But how much do they cheer when people throw shots, even if they go, you know, even if they go five rounds in the, uh, even if they go five rounds in the, like, like to a finish uh, to a decision, when people start popping, boom, 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 the the crowd gets up. And then when they go down to the ground, they, they quiet down. And, you know, like that's just human reaction. We all want to see, the fireworks and it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be short, but I think that we, we forget that like people want to see the slap bang stuff. They don't want to, they, they don't want to fiddle as much with the minutia. They want to, they want to, they want you to be clear with kind of the reasons why. You know, it's interesting too, cause you bring up like a lot of great points, right. And like aspects of like storytelling. And I recently had a match, right. Where with, um, with, and you know, full transparency, people can be like, Oh, TJ Sykes. Right. Um, yeah. But we were in the ring for like four minutes, man. We didn't touch or anything, man. But the fact that the crowd was like so hot and they just wanted to see like us too, because of, and to be fair, like I am very like extroverted. Right. And obviously TJ is as well, but TJ is also like a great heel side of things. And he got the crowd to like get so much heat that the moment that I came out the curtain, like they were hot. Right. Yeah. yeah. They were in the get punched in the face. Right. And we were in that ring and we were just standing there and we didn't, we didn't touch for like the first four minutes and people were just screaming and they were just like so excited to see us two in there. And it was just so cool to have that moment to just like look at TJ and and obviously TJ's working too. And I was just like, bro, like this is like, this is fly. And you know, it's like you you mentioned too, because like even with Rock, like, He's not a five-star performer by any means. And Austin was a great worker too. He just, he's not, I wouldn't put him at the, the I would never say he's a good, right? Point, like, like, like stunning. Like, like if you want to see, if you want to see Steve working, working, you want to watch stunning Steve Austin. Yep. And then even into, you know, even into King of the Ring, you know, ringmaster uh, before he turns into Stone Cold. But if you want to see somebody who is, shooting like firing on all cylinders as far as character goes and getting people to buy t-shirts and getting people invested in stories stone cold was the guy but it's not like he was you know he, he's not he's not he wasn't going out there and, and having these big grounded matches he was at that right. point he was a brawler and like that's that that's no shade to him you go through various stages of your career and your physical ability on which to perform the same way that like when ray lewis was a when Ray Lewis was, you know, was starting out with the Ravens, you know what I mean? He was, uh, he like, he was shoot, you know, shoot up the whole mic, like stop, like stop middle, middle of the runs. And then by the time that he was ending his career, it was like, Hey, he's going to be able to call this boom, boom, boom. He's going to lead you. Like he's still, he like, he's still in there. So like, if you really need to stop, bam, he's there, but like, really he's seen it all. He's done it all. So he can tell you, Hey, everybody shift over calling audibles. Hey, everybody defenses, this defenses that, you know what I mean? He's a, he's a player coach at that point and i don't know why we can't get to that level with with like there's no no shame in being like hey he's not going to be able to do the same stuff like it's just not going to like it's just not going to happen you know what i mean like nobody goes 20 years in this business and is like hey like that that moonsault that i used to do every single time guess what that's that's good and golden every single Every single time I, I, felt, I mean, even when, even when Jericho was, even when he was young and he was Lionheart, you know what I mean? He would still screw up that moonsault. So right. like now that's a sometimes food. 
Well, like you, you bring it up with like, uh, think about like 20 year, 20 plus year veterans. I mean, even Jeff Hardy now we yeah. see like when he first was like hitting that uh, Swanton, like there were shoulders connecting on the opposite side he, of the body. Saving, yeah, he was saving and, Yeah, and now yeah, it's just like, he's just <laughs> all body, body on body. I mean, it's the fit, you know what I mean? It's the finish. So it's like, you might as well, like if it's going to be rough, if it's going to be rough, I'd rather it be there than like, hey, in the middle of the, in the middle of the match, I'm really going to knock the air out of you. And then I'm getting up and you got a bump and feed for me baby boy right like, <laughs> like 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 it's it's the finish it is what it is and he's a legend and like that's okay but like there's there's no shame in being like hey like when the when steve was doing his most moneyed work he wasn't it's not like he was he was it's not like he was five stars in the ring and that's right. perfectly fine same way that like the rock was never five stars in the ring i don't think there's i'm sure there is one match where he got where he got five stars i bet you or at least close i bet you there's a there i bet you the 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 one that he had with eddie where he tries to go for the rock bottom and eddie turns it into the um turns it into the arm drag yeah i bet you that one is like 4.5 four and a half one and three quarters close. something like that yeah but like you know, and, and audiences, um, who, who was it? Audiences don't. So like for, for a period, for a good period of time during the pandemic, I trained with, uh, with Jonathan Gresham. Um, that's not to put myself over. That's just a, just to say, you say, say it is what it is. You know what I mean? For like about two months, just twice a week getting like heavy rotation on like hey here are the things that we're doing and then plus i was training with joey ibanez in the um i was training with joey ibanez in the uh in at at ewa so we were like getting ring time there too so you know three times four times a week i was just wrestling just trying to get better at my craft i think that's kind of why i came out of the pandemic being better but um john uh john would say like a lot of people don't understand what professional wrestling feels like like the things that we do that are supposed to hurt and supposed to be physically like oh my gosh that that really hurts don't 100% make sense to people who haven't seen who haven't seen those things right so like we have to really capture like even if i if, even if i throw like a heel hook on right now boom on somebody people don't understand that like hey heel hooks are wicked like they're horrible and if you do it it sucks and you should tap immediately because that's a great way to not use your leg for a very long time you know what yes. i mean yeah arm bars you still see people with arm bar cells where where they'll they'll break that that s grip and they'll let that thing fly for you know oh my gosh oh my gosh ouch it's so hurtful and like in the real world hey you break that s grip and that arm gets extended that's a tap right there like that's done uh because you want to be able to because you want yeah because you want to be able to work again you want to be able to you want to be able to re to fight in a, you know in the near future no um, like, so like i have a problem and so like we could definitely talk about submission moves like yeah. all day because like like that's my problem with like ron like i love ron rousey right i 100 yeah. do and i and i know people can be like oh but you know and i don't care i don't care yeah. so but my problem though is like watching her in the in WWE. There's two parts to it, I, and I'm I'm on a love hate relationship with her, right? So she locks in the arm bar, right? And she and we know we know that that's her move based on the UFC. We yeah, know, yeah. And fans fans that have followed her know that. Yeah, but she was. Really I mean, that, that was when she was on a run. That's how she was finishing people. She was hitting them with judo throws, and then she was getting them in and right. you know, arm bar some some variation on the floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think what my problem is is when she locks that out. And then she and I get to, I get what's supposed to be happening, right? But it's when she bends it in, yeah. right? And then people like tap. I'm like, no, like I don't think you guys understand. Yeah, like 
that doesn't like that's visually that's, that's, visually it tells a cool story like she's like they're straight and they're like trying to fight and then she's like bends it in and they're like yeah, that's uh, because it gives the aspect that she's like breaking their elbow yeah but if you're watching it on camera it makes no sense yeah but that's because you're just sense. bending it towards like it's here and then she's like oh here and they're like oh ah, tap out tap out I'm like no you're you're just doing this like yeah. there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of submissions as a as a person who would call himself a submission-based wrestler like somebody who likes uh who likes taps or knockouts more than he likes like big power moves right. um there are a lot of subs that people don't do cur that people don't like don't sell correctly. And I always tell people to I always tell people I'll be like, hey, yeah, like if you wanna like if you want it to look good, like like let it be like let it be immediate. Like don't don't let the don't let the thing be extended. I'll let the stretch the the get into it be extended, but don't let the don't let the the waiting for the tap uh take a long time so like right. uh, every once in a while i'll do a kimura and like the fight to get it around is the thing that i'll milk and then once that goes behind the uh, goes behind the arm hey boom with the you know with the with a lock that's the that like that that's hey immediate like don't 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 wait don't don't sell it like f- like let the fight be the thing that the people like oh man it's coming it's coming um same with uh every once in a while i'll do a um a guillotine too and i'll be like okay so like the guillotine i was like if we're up and you're fighting me on it that's cool but if i'm sunk in and i got the hooks in like honestly like the your blood flows your your blood flow's gone if i'm doing it for real yeah you're out so it's like either tap or like be like hey but don't extend it and fight like this because people don't know people don't know what this means right uh and 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 that's 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 part of our performance I, i think it's so like we have a very hard job as professional wrestlers now because way back when when people went to the fights and uh, it was punch and kicks, you know what I mean? And before, uh, you know, we, like punch kicks, drop kicks, things like that. Hey, everybody had a special hold and that was the thing that got them over. That was how you won. Um when that used to be the thing, when it was more like a video game, that was really easy coded language. But now we're, we're, we're like I said before, we're tasked with more with with harder storytelling. Yep. Yeah. So like because we're tasked with harder storytelling, it means that like we really gotta think, hey, boom, I put that hold on. What does that mean to them? You know what I mean? What are they seeing? Because if they're seeing a guy, if they're seeing me sit in a submission for a really long time and the guy is just sitting here going, ah, ee, ah, 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 like that in the middle of the in the middle of the ring. It, it, it that's not going to end the match. They know it's not going to end the match. I know it's not going to end the match, but that's, but that, that's the problem. Right. So like, if I lock an arm bar in, I'll be like, Hey, immediate ropes, boom, powder for boom. We'll do something on the outside, get back to it. We can keep working that arm, do something on there to tell that story. Or if I, if it's a leg submission, boom, Hey, immediately go to the, like, go to the ropes. Hey, boom, one, two, three, four, five. That's a break, right? I'm a heel. Even if I'm a heel, I got a break of the ref's going to, you know, the ref's going to cut, cut the match off. Um, Don't let yourself get stuck dead center in the ring in any kind of hold. I mean, like, even if it's a fucking, uh, even if it's a fucking uh, rear naked, which I could go on and on, especially from after training with a, after training with, uh, with coach AJ, after training with Alexander James, he was like, he was like, dude, do not, he was like, if, if people can please stop pimping out the rear naked choke, because if you really hit that bad boy in real life, like, like people are gone. Yeah. Yeah. Seconds is all it takes, man. Actually it's less than that. It's like five and a half seconds is all it takes to like 
You're Better gone. Boom. I'm I'm cinched. And I mean, you see how pe- you you'll you'll see how I watched a like a tenth planet video today. I like watching those because I like coming up with ideas for. I'm trying to get a buggy choke over or some kind of rubber guard choke over. I just don't know how. I just just don't know how audiences. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. for an audience to be like, oh, I think that that hurts. Um, as opposed to just hey, it kind of looks freaky. Um, the uh, he he does a he pulls a he uh. He pulls an arm drag, boom, uh, half side control all the way, like flexes all the way over to um, to back control, and and he's full mount mounted too, and boom, he's already at, he's already got this part of the 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 sleeper in right. So as soon as he gets that arm back there, the guy's like, all right, it's done. Like like he knows he's he knows he's getting he knows he's getting slapped. So he's like, well, might as well, you know what I mean? Like, and, and us as professional fighters, it should be like, hey maybe not so much don't work hey the don't work the hold work the getting work the getting into the hold like yeah. i always tell i always tell my students with like arm ringers because we see you know we see arm ringers every single match uh, <laughs> i'm like i'm like so when you lock up i was like take some time in that lock up and then take some time to fight into the into the wrist lock and don't cinch it all the way in because in the real world, if you twist somebody's wrist, they'll they they will tap like wrist, wrist locks, like wrist locks, wrist locks and matches for you know in BJJ. Uh, if you're rolling with somebody and they twist that bad boy all around, you're like, I don't want this to break. Hey, we're done. You know what I mean? That hurts. Yep. That sucks. And it's small amounts of pain, but like it, you have to you you have to fight another day. You have to go on to fight. So unfortunately, like that's the thing. Um, but like we take we take all this we we take all these like old tropes from professional wrestling that like used to work and that's kind of that's kind of the thing is it's like that stuff used to work and then we're in a generation where people one are watching it and our forefathers in professional wrestling god love them they all did youtube videos where they talked about how everything was fake and then two everybody's seen UFC highlights and like knockouts and stuff like that, which sucks even more. And then three, you have influence from people watching highlights of all Japan and new Japan matches that are for championships that are old, right. That are so old before we knew about CTE. And when those guys were going ham on each other for championships, right. They're not doing it in their like, Hey, we got the six man tag and like, we're just going to play the hits. Like they're doing like, you're watching, you know, you're watching Misawa, you know, not Kawada out with, you know, with a, with, with a, with a spinning back fist. Back. But for for champ for a championship, right? They're doing that stuff, boom, when it really matters. So they're going all out. But people see that stuff and they go, "Oh, I'm just going to add that to my move set." So now we have a bunch of people who are overzealous with strikes, who don't know how to sell uh, submissions realistically to audiences, and who aren't thinking about, "Hey, in this match, we can have a story, and we don't have to whack people all the time." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's true. Yo, so I'm just going to I'm going to ask this question really quick and I really want to know. I'm just very curious. So you've been in for a while. You said you had some students and stuff like that. But I got to know, man, what's the worst bump that you've taken? Worst bump. Uh, that's, that's a great question. You know, uh, there, you know, there have been some, uh, I, so, uh, early in my career, like one or two years in somebody gave me a boom, uh, um, 
they gave me an F5 and they just, they just didn't, they just did time it. So they basically landed me on my, on my noggin. Luckily my arms and stuff were out and nothing broke, but like, as I hit, like, you, you know how like every once in a while you'll take a high neck bump and like, you'll hear that, like that crack in your neck, like all the air, like, like how, like, if you do that, you do it and you just hear like a big one, like if a chiropractor was doing it, that's the noise I got. And it like, it sucked the air out of me. I was like, Oh, that sucked. Um, the worst thing I ever got, uh, like performing was actually from theater. I, uh, I took like a Pratt fall off of a box and I landed and I just ruined my hip, my hip, like hurt. I'm like, my, I still have, I still have a little bit of like a, a little hip giddy up, uh, till this day, but like, boom, I hit down and I was like, Oh geez. And we kept rehearsing. I was like, geez, I was like that. I was like, that one really sucked. Like that one really hurt. And like, it's, I mean, it's been lasting enough. So it's not even, you know, it's not even wrestling. Also, I have to say that because I've been in the business for what, eight down, eight years now, and I've been with enough really great trainers who have really pressed to me, like protect yourself. I'm very good about being like, Hey, these are the things that like, I want to do for you to make you look good. And these are the things that like, I can't do to make you look good. And like, I don't mind getting physical. In fact, I love it. I just had a match with Tony Deppin where we whacked each other all over the place. Boom, 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 slam, slam, slams, up and overs, whatever, fast pace, indie style, whatever. You know what I mean? But like, when it comes down to it, it's like, hey, I, I really don't want to get not, I don't want to get not, like driven on my head. Like, I don't want to get driven on my neck. I don't want somebody to, you know, I don't want some, some freakish outside bump. Like, I'm never... Uh, I'm never going to probably ever work hardcore style or like a match where we're hitting each other with stuff. Like that's probably just the way that my career is going to go. Um, and if I ever do like, you know, never say never in, re- in professional wrestling, but if I ever do, there'll probably be some very specific caveats for that stuff. Like I just don't, um, it's just not, it's not my particular style. Right. And like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, uh, it just doesn't appeal to me. That's no knock on, on hardcore or, or death guys. Cause those guys are, you know, those guys are warriors and they work hard too. Um, but like, I'm really good at protecting myself. I'm really good at specifically being like, Hey, sorry, no dice. Like it's not happening. Yeah. I think for me, it's, it's one of those things too, where it's like, I know, like, and I tell people I'm upfront with people about my age. I'm like, listen, man, like I'm, I'm older in the game. Like I'm not really trying to take like any like super crazy bumps, Yeah. but if you want to work through it, we could talk about it and then we can find something that's going to, to work efficiently with it. But <laughs> in the same yeah. token, like, I'm just like, yo, let's just. Let's go out there because, like, ultimately, and you know, to fans at home that are watching this, and even to other wrestlers, it's a it's a dance, bro. Like, yeah. you're trying to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you're trying to protect the other person as well. So, like, you have to trust him. And you know, with something, you know, something that Big E said, like, you know, you want to you want to have that other person that's gonna you're gonna trust them and they're gonna trust you, and that you're not gonna injure. That way, you both go home at the end of the night and you get to wake up the next morning and everything's okay. So you never, you never want to see anything bad happen to an opponent. You never want to see anything unfortunate happen to an opponent. At least, at least I don't. Um, And I really do think that if a lot of people picked three of the moves that they do that rock, like look really, really great. And another person picked three of the moves that they do that look really, really great. And you structured a match around that and the cells of that into the finishes. 
as opposed to, hey, the Indie Rific, everybody hits uh, signature strikes. We Tokyo Dome in the middle, bit by bit by bit. We go into falsies, hey, boom, you hit big thing, big kick out, come over to me. Hey, I hit boom, big thing, kick out. Oh my God, we're down, whatever, whatever, we're going to finish it out. You know what I mean? Audiences would re- will respond better because they don't get burned out on all of the things that people do. Um, a lot of a lot of shows nowadays, because everybody wants to be a super indie, which is perfectly fine. Um, but a lot of shows nowadays have 10, 12 matches on a card, right? We can only move so many ways inside of a professional wrestling ring. Like even like even if we all don't do anything hardcore until match eight. It eventually comes to like, hey, somebody's got to take a floor bump. Somebody's got to go through a table. Somebody's got to go through a door. Somebody's got to get hit with something on the outside of the ring. We have to figure out exactly what that stuff, like we we have to go there because at this point we've told them everything that we possibly can show them with this stuff. Um, yeah, uh, what, uh, God, I can't even remember who, who, oh, it's Jim Ross when he, when he said that he, uh, he saw he saw ECW like WWE had finally uh, had finally uh, was it was thinking about buying it from Heyman and he was watching it. And he was like he was like he was like after he was like after like he saw the first match and he was like these guys can't go anywhere. He's like after this, the only way that they're going to be able to go anywhere is shoot each other with guns. And like he was right. Like a lot of those ECW guys, and not that they weren't fantastic, they were incredible, but a lot of them kind of faltered with mainstream audiences because. Frankly, a lot of mainstream audiences don't want to see people don't want to see people get stabbed and bleed and do X, Y, and Z. Right. But there is a devoted, devoted fan base. Obviously, people like GCW, people like IHW, people like uh, like that that fight pit. People people have found that audience. Um, but like that, we, like we, it's it's in degrees when you do it on a show. Hey like everybody takes small portions of everything that you do. And then, Hey, when you have that championship match, guess what? You got all that fired up stuff that you want to do, all that stuff that you've been practicing that you've never tried before. Now you're going for the title. Guess what? It's time to dig deep. That's when that stuff comes out. Boom, 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 boom. Here are all the secret moves. That's your, your special, you know, your special meters up. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I tell the, that's what I tell the kids. I'm like I'm like I get it. You want to do like everything because you ha- now have the ability to right. But if you want to tell a story, which is what we're all here to do, right? Like we're we're not we're not really fighting. We're not really hurting each other. We're here to perform and to tell tales. If you want to do that, you have to do it in measures. The the best fight of a movie, even though you know some movies. <laughs> Some movies, this isn't this isn't true. But the best fight of a movie should be the last fight of the movie, so that you go, man, they really up the stakes there. Uh, there, there are there are some that like, there are some that don't work. Uh, Terminator Two is my is my favorite one. It's by the time that we get to the that we get to the reflection of the we're in the you know we're in the metal the metal plant and yeah. the stuff that was that worked in the first Terminator doesn't work on the uh, d- doesn't work on the T one thousand. That's when we're that's when we're into the money moment because you're like, legitimately, what is it going to fucking take to kill this thing? 
Right. Like, what is it go like what like what is it going to take to end it? And you're so invested in it because you've seen it go through everything. It's been hit by a, it's been hit by a tractor trailer. It's been smashed. It's been shot. It's had its head blown off. It's gotten whacked, smacked, thrown all over the place. And you know, like the T eight hundred is really on its last legs. Like it's like, oh man, like I don't I don't have it in me. Like I don't I really like this machine this machine isn't gonna isn't gonna work. And then when it does win, you're like, oh geez. Like finally, you know what I mean? Right. So like, I, I just, I think that we have, we have that ability, that storytelling ability to take it in small little margins and small pieces. That's not to say go out there and half-ass it. Cause I don't think anybody should ever do that, but do, you know, pick your, pick your shots. Cause you're, cause, cause those are important for the audience. I'm kind of curious though, man, like what's like one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn like so far being in the industry? Um, Good wrestling is not necessarily over wrestling. Um, there are some audiences that just do not have it, that are just not there, are not versed well enough in slams, rolls, uh, you know, uh, slams, rolls, holds, uh, escapes. They're, they're just not versed enough in that stuff for you to be like, man, these guys are really going to dig the stuff that I do. And that's okay. That is a lesson that you have to learn. That is something that you have to say. Okay, so now we locked up. We did our whole, you know, our whole, uh, like our whole roll around realistic schmods and they're not biting. Hey, guess what? Time to adjust. Like, let's do, like, let's do something smaller or let's, sorry, let's do something broader. Let's do something bigger. Hey, boom. They're going to see it. Hey, let's tell an arm ringer story. Ouch, ouch, my arm. Hey, ouch, ouch, ouch. Whatever. Good guy, bad guy, all that stuff. Like, let's, and you should always be able to adapt to the crowd. But there are so many people who are proficient at wrestling who are not good at the performance aspect of professional wrestling. Yeah, I can. And that's, and, and that's, and that's okay because I do think that there should be people who are good at professional wrestling and knowing what they're doing and going out there and making and helping people look good and teaching people to look good. But also, like we said with Stone Cold, like we said with The Rock, sometimes all it really takes is a big guy with personality and a really cool catchphrase to sell a fight. And that's frustrating because it's like, man, I want to tell my grapple story. I want to tell, and you'll get your chance. But like, even Eddie had to come to the point of being like, okay, what's marketable? You know what I mean? Like Viva La Rasa, Lie, Cheat, Steal, all that stuff. That's when people started being like, well, you know, Eddie's the big superhero who we've always wanted. Facts. Yeah. yeah like, like it's, it's, and I know it's frustrating for a lot of people because a lot of people are like, well, you know, I'm not particularly good on the mic or my, 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 my goal is to become the best, like grounded pound for pound professional wrestler that, you know, that everybody wants to see. But we got a lot of people, we got a lot of people who only wear, who wear black trunks and uh who wear black trunks and kick pads we got a lot of guys who dance too you know fun we got a lot of funny dancing men but um at the end of the day a funny dancing man with a bandana that has a catchphrase can sell a bandana that that looks like that 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 make that will make him money and then you can't really sell black trunks in a and uh and kick pads right yeah, it like it's fr- and I know it's frustrating because it comes from like I love professional wrestling. When I watch wrestling, I see what they're doing. I see the the escapes. I see what they're. But like it also comes from a point of like removing your ego from it. 
when people come to watch professional wrestling, what are they coming to do? They want to have fun. Yeah. And you can, be the, you can be the guy who gets taken serious, and that's great. But also, you have to remember, they want bright, they want fun, they want colors, they want to see something that is special. And that's okay. Like, that's the, that's the real lesson. That, like, took me, like, four years to figure out that, like, oh, maybe I don't have to, like, dance and, like, you know, like, chuck and jive and stuff like that. I don't have to be, like, you know, like, I don't have to be, like, not, no... No, no offense to to R-Truth, but I don't have to be an R-Truth type character. I can grit my nose and be serious, but also I have enough personality to where I can be funny and witty and silly and giggle with folks and people will like me as long as I have something that kind of is reminiscent of, hey, if you want to buy an, uh, if you want to buy a piece of, of, uh, of like the character, this is what it is. And that, that that's kind of when the mask came in and all that stuff. Yeah, that's all. I, I've noticed that with you, too. Um, like, your your character is very, like, obviously, it's driven, right, in African yeah. culture. But yeah. what's really cool about it, though, is that, like, while it's it's kind of, like, colors up subdued, it stands out so much. Yeah. And you get that. You get that aspect from other people, too. So uh, one thing that I definitely noticed about your, like, your wrestling style is that it is very much submission-based. But, like you said, you have a personality that you can turn it on. And let people know, like, Ao, like, I'm I'm this person, and I'm still able to be this person. Yes. And I feel yes. like that's where like a lot of wrestling is kind of like missing, right? Because what and you you hit on it just perfectly, right? In indie wrestling, right, fans are looking for that bright color person who has like a great personality and can just move a whole entire crowd. Just based like one on move set, two personality, and three like good attire, yeah. which I think those are like three great things that people need to have while they're wanting to have a successful career in indie wrestling, as well as something that you see in WWE. I mean, like, let's be real. Seth Rollins has like the greatest attire of all time. Yeah, we talk about that man's good. suit game over the last two yeah. years have been fire. And even just going from like, like, and I know a lot of people, uh, and I know this, this rubs a lot of people the wrong way, but going from like the architect and being all like in all black, even when he was in a heel and being, you know, being like kind of like almost a mini triple H with all that stuff. Like even going from that stuff, he just straight up like ramped up personality to 11 and, and, and it's, it works. It works because you don't have to, it's like King Booker, right? Even though the King Booker, uh, even though the King Booker personality is silly, like he's not British. Charmel's not Charmel's not British. He's not a queen. He just happened to ring uh, like, to be the king of the ring, and he thought of a really great gimmick that was going to be like funny and silly and like, oh hey, look, I'm like doing like a British thing. Even though he did that, still when he got in the ring. He is a six foot five, 250 pound massive man who like what I believe was an ex-convict. So like, he's not, he's not a slouch. Like, it's like, even if he's dressing up as a silly king, like when it comes down to it, if he punches you in the mouth, he punches you in the mouth. I don't think that your wrestling has to take away, like you're being good at wrestling has to take away from your personality. In fact, I think it adds to it. I think right. there are a lot of like, like, I've seen a very big uh, resurgent surge of uh, of like queer talent coming into professional wrestling and succeeding because that was a niche that needed to be 
that needed to be filled. A lot of people did not have, a lot of like queer people did not have the representation that they wanted to have in professional wrestling. But like, we still have, like, they're not all the same. We have queer high flyers. We have queer brawlers. We have queer grounded wrestlers. We have, like, we, we can have these different types of people in that same genre that are not that are not similar. So it, it's always very interesting to me when people just want to go, oh, I really want to be taken serious. And it's like, well, you don't want to make you don't want to make money then. Because what you're saying is that you're not willing to take any kind of risk. Right. For to entertain. And the only way that these people want to see us, the only way that they want to vibe with us and enjoy stuff is if we take risks for them. They want to, I mean, like, like it's quite literal. Hey, if I, if I take a bump, like anytime I, I go out and I professionally wrestle, knock on wood, knock on wood, I could, you know, I could lose my life. I could get hurt, whatever, whatever. But then you also have to take it like they don't want to see a guy who can't be gotten to. That's, right. a, that's boring. It's annoying and it's boring. When you see, good, first off, good guys, how quickly do good guys who never lose turn into villains? You know what I mean? Like in, in, in professional wrestling, people turn on that stuff so quickly. And then how quickly do heels who, like how, how easy is it to just have a heel go on a losing streak and then have them stop cheating? And then, hey, all of a sudden they can throw a thumbs up and everybody's like, oh, yeah, I really feel for that guy. He's a good guy. You got to be vulnerable with them. Right. And if you refuse to change even a small aspect of yourself, you refuse to have fun, you refuse to smile, you refuse to show personality, you're, you're telling them, I don't want to be vulnerable with you. And why do they need to come and see you? Yeah, no, and it's it's crazy because like I know even for like my wrestling character, right? Like, yeah, although like my character is a mercenary, right? Like when you hear that, the cliche thing is to do, oh, well, he's going to be very like brash and very like very systematic about everything. Yeah. And while... I can be those guys. I prefer to dip in the other side of the pool where it's more like a comedy based kind of deal. Cause yeah. like I could, yeah, sure. I can do. And people who've been watching the show for a long time know, like, I'm, yes, I'm a former military, right? But I'm very, like, I'm very high energy, very fun, and I love cracking jokes. And so, in fact, when I was like, and I mean, you, I don't know if you got to see or not with EWA working the Grimy Scots, I'm getting my face rubbed into chest hair. Yeah. And I'm just, I legitimately like sold like I was gonna throw up. Yeah, for probably like a minute and a half. Yeah, and you the can crowd was just loving it. Yeah, yeah, you can just kill. You can just kill time, and they'll they'll they want to have they want to have fun, and they want to get told that kind of stuff. Like like how many different types of so there's Sicario, there's smoking aces, there's movies like Nobody, there's right. uh, you know there's James Bond. There there are all types of mercenaries. There are different versions of that that people can attach to and go, hey, you know this is who Red Dog is. And I love you, you said have, smoking aces, huh? <laughs> I said I love that you said smoking aces. Yeah, you and you don't have one to of get, my favorite movies, <laughs> and it's a great movie. And you don't have to get caught. And there are so many Tarantino movies that are about people who kill people. And it's like if you if you have people who you know if you have movies about people who like who are kind of mercenaries who are paid to do the job you don't have to get stuck in everybody's dead serious i only wear all black i'm all like this i mean even grim who is quite literally the hit man for hire even he has color on his you know on his wardrobe he has very specific stuff you don't have to get stuck in in these little boxes that everybody tries to because to be honest, that's what schools will do to you in the first place. They'll be like, hey, I'm going to saddle you with a gimmick. Go ahead. Go out there and, you know, make your name off of it. And what they're kind of doing is giving you a starting point. Hey, yeah, this is something that I know 
is is based in something that will work. There you go. And that's a, that is a beautiful gift, right? A, a lot of my friends are are uh, are formally trained formally trained with Chikara, and a lot of them were like, "Hey, like these these gimmicks, they felt like a prison until I realized that because this person gave me because this person gave me boundaries, now I have to say, okay, so since I'm I'm stuck doing X, Y, and Z, what can I do?" on these axes, right? Right. What can I, yeah. What can I, what can I do here? What can I do inside of this box that will help me tell stories? And it made them better wrestlers. And it's like, you don't, you, you don't want to get stuck in. It has to be, it has to be, it has to be serious all the time. It has to be serious all the time because nobody, nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants to see it. Well, you brought like great, like great talking points, right? Because not everybody is going to be Jason Bourne, and not yes. everybody's going to be, you know, not everybody's going to be. Uh, oh Jesus! I just had it on my top of my tongue. Uh, John, John, uh, John Wick. Wick, Wick. Yeah, not everybody's going to be John Wick, but you're going to have people out there who are going to be like that more Deadpool kind of type character that's just going to be out there and having like tons and tons of fun. And I think. Mm-hmm. When I hear about like character wise, like it's funny because like people bring it up to me all the time. Like there's gonna be six characters that you're gonna see in every single locker room, right? Yeah. And one of them's gonna be like a mercenary, the guy who gets paid for money. One of them's gonna be like the angry person. One of them's gonna be always the technical wrestler. Someone's yeah. gonna be out there to be like the funny clown kind of character. And then someone's always gonna be like the horror character, right? Like the no matter what you do, like he keeps coming back for more. He keeps he just refuses to die. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because I saw myself as a mercenary. And at first it was that character. Like I was very serious. And I was like, I'm going to take care of this, take care of that. And finally I was like, dude, there's so much more that I want to do. I finally started to press the the boundaries out. And I was like, now I'm getting where I want to get to. And once my trainer saw it, he was like, dude, run. Just run with it. He's like, I love everything that you're doing right now. He's like, it's funny. And I brought it to other people. And it's weird too because like you'll see this is this is the way I'm trying to move it. People finally realize and they're like, okay, I understand where you're going with it. I like what's going on. So it's weird, it's weird to take it in, man. I have a question. I'm gonna ask this other question before we get into our big uh, into our our final sets of questions. But you've you've been around for eight years, you've been around to different locker rooms, whether it's in Massachusetts, home sweet home. Uh, you know, with wrestling open, or you go all the way down through Maryland and down the East Coast, and you know, maybe to the Midwest. But being that you've been in different locker rooms, I need one do and one don't of the locker room. Uh, wash your gear, um, is is do. Um, I think don't is um take up too much space and invite folks. Um, but I, I do have a, like like don't don't let people who aren't professional wrestlers into the locker room. Usually, the, it, usually locker rooms are family kind of family affairs anyway, where it's like, hey, I'm showing up, look at me, I'm walking back here, let's vibe. But like if it comes, if it's like, hey, like you're you know you're bringing your boyfriend or your girlfriend who's not a worker, it's like, hey, that's not 100% fair to everybody else because somebody's you know somebody's parent bought a uh, bought a ticket or whatever. Um, and it just has to get cleared. Make sure it's cool with everybody, or make sure it's cool with the with the head of everything, and then you're good. Um, I also have uh, don't bully people. Um, a lot of vets now that I go around places are just like like, and, and it's not even people who have been in the business for years and years. It's people who have 
um, is people who are just starting to get, or who are getting hot right now, um, are bullies. They're mean. Like they say mean things to people. They treat people badly. They treat people dismissively. Um, even people who are on the same card with them. And I think that those, I, I think that those people need to re, uh, reevaluate the way that they treat folks because like, you know, it's, it's an old business axiom. It's an old wrestling axiom, but like the people that you see on the way up are the same people that you see on the way down. And it's like, if you treat somebody with disrespect, when you're, when you're, when you're riding your high horse, when you're coming down and stuff is starting to get hard for you and you really need help. Um, somebody's going to remember the kindness that you showed them. Um, they're also going to remember the disrespect that you levied at them. And if yours, then, you know, you see that, you see that grizzled old vet who is like, man, you know, nobody will answer my phone calls anymore. Nobody will, will, uh, will, will book me anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Like I gave so much to this business and nobody will. And it's like, and then you hear stories about them and you're like, oh, well, you were, you were a jerk in the locker room. You were a jerk to everybody who you came in contact with and people don't want to work with you because you're not on the up and up anymore. And like, that's, I I do not revel in the concept of people getting what's coming to them, quote unquote. In fact, I wish bad things never happened to anybody. Even like bad things happening to bad people, good things happening to good people. I wish bad things never happened to anybody because I think all of us would be a little bit more sunshiny if, if we could do that. But you very frequently see people who are just so bitter about everybody not calling them back or about everybody not giving them, you know, the handout to help pick them up the ladder when they need it the most. Oh, why didn't anybody invite me to come get signed? Why didn't anybody invite me to come do this? Why didn't anybody come invite me to come do that? And half the time, uh, probably 75% of the time, it's because you find out, oh, you're, you are a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Be nice. Professional wrestling is a community. We're a scene, just like music, just like theater, just like art. We're a scene. And the only way we survive is with with each other. That no, it definitely knows the great advice, man. I love I love the the energy too behind it too. Cause like like you said, the way you go, when you go up, it's everybody you have to come see. Come back down. Down. You have to come back down. You go up the ladder, you have to come back down the ladder. And it doesn't mean that it has to be a fall from grace. It can be something as delicate as, hey, I went up the ladder. I did everything that I wanted to do. I'm retiring now and I'm going to teach kids how to, I'm going to teach kids how to wrestle, which is what I want to do. I just want to, I want to fulfill. I want to win tournaments. I want to win championships. I want to take pictures. I want to remember my friends. I want to, you know, I want to open up a school someday. I'm going to make enough money with this and some other things in my life to be able to open up a school so that people can say, hey, like, like I went and I learned from, you know, I went and I learned from Eagle, um, but you ain't got to be a jerk to do that. See, and that's where, like, I came into the aspect of, like, this podcast, right? Like, as I'm learning and stuff like that, like, I keep reaching out and networking and growing this, like, this thing right here. Yeah. And, like, I know, like, and, I, and I, I'm transparent with people. Like, I feel like I'm probably going to have, like, 10, maybe 12 years really well if I, if I really push it. And, you know, God forbid I keep everything kind of safe, right? Yeah. And, I, and I hold it together. But at the end of the day, this podcast, man, like, everybody I'm going to be talking to for the next – eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 20 years, you know, this podcast is right here and everybody can come back and learn something new from it. So listen, man, I love this conversation, but we got to get into the three count podcast, 10 count questions. Mr. Eel, this is how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast and whatever's your answer. That's your answer. Cool. Cool. So we're going to put on imaginary timer for ad pressure. Bing. And here we Go SmackDown or Raw? SmackDown. Favorite movie? 
uh, uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> Let's go. Night Owl or Early Bird? Uh, early Bird. Favorite color? Green. Sonic or Mario? Sonic. Favorite submission move? Uh, 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 Boston Crab. <laughs> nice. PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox. I'm an Xbox kid. Favorite podcast? Uh, um, uh, Big Grande's uh, Teacher's Lounge. It's very funny. Yes. 100%. I love that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nominate one wrestler that you want to see on this podcast. Uh, I think you've already had Killian and Dust on. Uh, so I haven't had my, Dust. Yeah, I haven't had Dust. Dust. He, oh, he yeah. was nominated. I haven't had him on yet. Yeah, then Dustin. Or Dustin or Miles Millennium. Okay. Bet, yeah. bet, bet. Uh, and last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person that comes on this podcast. Yeah. Favorite curse word? Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would say the F word, but um, uh, I actually think that uh, shit is a is a... Uh, not not the not the the excretion, but the exclamation is very very is very very funny. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, those are all my heavy hitting questions, man. Nice. So just let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Uh, so if you want to find me, uh, you'll find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Eel O'Neill A A H S. A-A-H-S. That's African American Horror Story. So Eel O'Neill A-A-H-S. Um, you'll find me on Twitter and on um uh on and on uh Instagram. Uh, if you find me on Facebook, I will not add you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unless you're a professional wrestler who's been working for a good amount of time. I'm very sorry. Uh the uh got some some personal uh, got some personal photos and some personal information about my private life that I can't let everybody get. But um yeah, that's that's how to that's how to find me. Uh same way, hey, Cash App, dollar sign Elo Neal. Uh, very easy. If you want to, you know, send me a couple of bucks for the road for a coffee or something, please do. <laughs> but there you guys have it. So you have all this hookups and you guys know already what this means. Because like every good wrestling match, we got to take this home. Because this is the Three Count Podcast Presents. Now entering the ring. And like I said, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. The man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And you see him right next to me, right there. Eel O'Neill himself, the African-American horror story. So you guys know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there or... You just wait for this episode to end. You wait for that outro. And then you choose another episode to listen to. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to Twitter.com, right? Go over there. Find us at the Three Count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to Anchor.fm forward slash the Three Count Podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the Three Count Podcast also has merchandise oh. at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. 
please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.